This is Flyover Film Country, a podcast about movies set in places all forgotten by Hollywood. I'm your host, Olivia Clement. And I'm another host, Isaac Sims. This episode is dedicated to the 2017 film Columbus, directed by Koganada. I am also a host, and my name is Eric Pham. Columbus is the name of a real city in Indiana, renowned for its architecture and public art. The film is a quiet meditation on how our environment, and specifically our hometown, shapes who we are and become. It is a perfect flyover essential from actress Haley Lee Richardson's character struggle to self-define who she is, the gorgeous and affectionate capturing of small-town America, and John Cho's amazing performance, and much more. Stick around for a discussion and reflection on this beautiful, quiet, and peaceful film. But first, let's talk about what we've been watching, guys. What have y'all been watching? Uh, my most recent watch is Columbus, but I rewatched Kill Bill earlier this week with some friends, Ooh, and that oh, was Kill Bill. Great. Oh, that is a great watch with friends. I feel it like. was. It was. And some of them, it was the first time watching it, and they were just uh, amazed. They were in awe. And I mean, as they should be, right? Um, so that was really cool. I also went to a local movie theater, <gasps> and this is the first time Whoa. I've been to a movie theater in a really long time. February of last year, in fact. And I saw Minari, and it was amazing. Did you cry? Was yes. Am I gonna cry? I don't know. Probably. I cried. Did you Eric, cry, Eric? Did you cry? I don't know if I cried. It was definitely emotional, but I don't know if I cried. Yeah, it's emotional fair. for sure. Um, I'm very excited. Very, very excited to watch it. The last movie that I watched was Us last night. Nice, classic. Jordan oh. Peele, 2019 Whoa. horror, and I liked it. Okay, here's the thing. I liked this movie in theaters. And mm-hmm. I didn't like the after, like trying to think through and figure out the twist. Mm-hmm. But I think I do appreciate it more now that I've seen it twice, if that makes sense. Okay. I really like that one a lot. I, I really liked it too. Um, also, <laughs> saw Borat subsequent, subsequent movie film on Thursday night. And that is the hardest I've laughed in a long time. Would you watch? Borat. Oh, I cut Borat. Out for a second. Okay. Yeah, you cut, yeah, you cut out. Uh, and I was like, nah. oh, okay. Yeah, Borat. Okay. That's a good watch. Uh, I'm like right next to our modem. I don't know why my <laughs> uh, my file or my internet. That and uh, the Dictator are make a great back to back. Never saw watch. the Dictator, and I haven't seen Borat one. My it was the crew that I have on Thursday nights. Um, we rotate, and uh, my friend Walter. It was his turn to pick in Thursday or April. We do we're doing. Um, oscar nominees and contenders from this year or previous years and he's like well this year the, the second borat movies nominated uh the uh, maria bakalova is nominated for best actress and i was like oh. i kind of want to watch that so i did not know that yeah yeah and she does she does an amazing job and we're there there are multiple moments where you just you can't believe that they went that far um but it's it totally works as a satire. I don't, it's it's not for everyone, but I I had a great time. So yeah. I watched a uh, Godzilla versus Kong on it's good? Wednesday. Nice. Yes. It is it is, true uh, that uh, Godzilla dunks over Kong? <laughs> is it? Uh, well, yeah. I, I'm not going to spoil it, but okay. uh, the fight is, it, is a little bit more one sided than I would have liked it to be. Is mm. it true that they bond over the fact that they both have a mother named Mothra? <laughs> Save I saw Mothra. It was a uh, the memes are really good. It was Why did like, you say that name? It was like watching like a UFC name? fight or something. It was it was incredible. I had high expectations for it, and I I think they were met. How did you react when Rebecca Hall said Kong bows to no one? <laughs> I'll say this: the human characters in the movie were absolutely garbage, except for one 
for one little girl who was like she played a deaf she was deaf she's deaf in real life the one who has the connection to kong yes she yeah. was the only good human character everyone else was pretty much useless nice that's really disappointing because it's yeah i was gonna say it's got a really good cast yeah um also i was just looking at my letterbox diary i realized that shows up uh like on the side it has april and then march um the last i guess two most recent months but back to back i watched Zack snyder's justice league and zodiac which is probably the only time in my life i'll ever watch two movies in the same day that both start with z and they're both very long and they're both really long golly right really good long movies they're both good they're both good anyway um, I'm going to jump into our ad read and then we can start talking about Columbus, which is, uh, I think a lot better than any of the movies we just discussed, except maybe Minari. I was about to say, whoa, let's yeah. not disrespect Minari like that. No. Anyway, ad read to you, Isaac. Ready Set Podcast has prices to fit any budget, options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. They make it super easy to create your own podcast and they can help you record, edit, and publish. If you have a podcast idea, they'll give you a free consultation if you reach out to them on their website or social media. Their website is www.readysetpodcast.xyz. Ready, set, podcast. Turning your brilliant idea into reality. Okay, so I thought I could start things off with just some general information about Columbus. So one of the one of the things that drew me to this movie... When I watched it in 2018, um, watched it at our apartment in Little Rock, my the first place that Jess and I lived together, and I I chose it. It was on Hulu specifically because of the poster where Casey and Jen are on the hillside, and you have that kind of like towering looking structure that has zigzag staircase. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose it specifically from reading the synopsis and looking at that poster and i said okay i think this has a kind of feel that i of a movie that i would want to watch so we watched it and it profoundly impacted me and uh watched it again for the second time in preparation for this episode but i the obviously the architecture in this movie plays a huge role in both the story and the character's kind of development and dialogue impacts every aspect of the movie um but all of the architecture in the movie is really there, which is amazing. Columbus, Indiana was listed. Um, Coconata found out about it from a, a architectures, um, uh, an AIA, like an Architectures Association magazine of top most architecturally significant cities in America. Columbus is number six, or it was on that list behind all the other places you would expect like New York and, uh, and so on. So he found out about it, visited because of that article, and from there, the story developed into his first feature, um, and it kind of went from there. But it had a $700,000 budget and grossed about $1.1 million. and it premiered at Sundance, I believe, and w- was received with wide acclaim, especially for John Cho's performance, um, but... Yeah, so that there that's just kind of like a like a quick down and dirty of the movie, but um I'm actually probably going to be able to go visit Columbus in October, which I'm very excited and I kind of I hadn't told you all that, but 
Yeah. We're going to be up there for um, Justice doing a race in Muncie, and Columbus is about an hour south on our way back to Arkansas. So I'm so excited to go the and do some only, tours. The only thing I know about Muncie is that it's mentioned in Parks and Rec. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's where yeah. Jerry Gergich has a time Jerry, share. Yeah, Jerry has a timeshare there. So I, I know of Muncie because of Parks and Rec. Nice. Jerry nice. Gary um, slash Larry Gergich. Right. Classic. No, so, uh, anyway. yeah, the architecture was really awesome. This movie that was, I was kind of blown away. I did not know that about Columbus. I don't know much about Ohio, but uh, I was blown away by the architecture. Mm-hmm. Well, it's oh. in uh, Indiana, actually. Oh, Ohio doesn't exist. Have y'all been oh. seeing those memes about? Uh, they, this is Columbus, Indiana. I'm complete. I'm so confused right now. Yes, I thought this was Columbus, Ohio. There that is, is a-, a real place, though. Right. That's where Ohio State is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I was saying was that there are there are a ton of memes going around about how Ohio doesn't exist and how like Ohio sucks. And I was like, what did Ohio do? And I've just been too busy to like do any research on that. Well, uh, I, I think trolls just like to pick something and go for it. Yes. And I think Ohio is is in the crosshairs right now, which yep. is really funny. Um, okay, I don't know about you guys, but I follow this Twitter account called One Perfect Shot, yes. and it basically just takes stills from uh, different movies and how it's like a perfect shot. It's it's really amazing. Anyway, every time I've, I've seen this movie twice, so I really should say every time, but throughout the entirety of the whole movie, both times I've watched it, I've just thought this is basically just one perfect shot. Every single is, shot. Every single shot is just yes. perfect. Um, which I think is is creating a sense of irony because nothing in these characters' lives is perfect. Like, like not a single thing. Because mm. um, as you learn more about, like, Casey, you figure out a lot of the, like, pain and hurt she's dealt with um, growing up and, like, with her mom and everything like that. And then the more you learn about Jen, you also learn about the pain and hurt he has dealt with or has experienced. And so I, I love the kind of juxtap- juxtaposition of everything seems so nice and perfect and just kind of set beautifully. And then nothing in their lives is that way at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I was really impressed by uh, John Cho's performance in the movie. I think he's, his, his performance is probably my favorite thing about the movie. Um. He's done a. It's crazy how his his career has evolved from being like a pothead in Harold and Kumar to doing movies like this. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> oh, my, my voice just cracked. But yeah, I allergies. Think it, <laughs> allergies. Eric told us before we started recording to give that disclaimer, and I have really bad allergies, and I've stayed inside like all day, so I'm like, I only sound a little. Thank bit you better. for that. But yeah, John John Cho's performance was was pretty incredible. I think he played the role of like this this character who's has this fractured relationship with his father and not really sure where to go with his life um, in this movie really well. So I, I enjoyed his performance a lot. Um, yep. There's another movie he's in where he gives a dramatic role called searching. Um, yes. I've wanted that to see that. That one is a really good one. Is and that the one where his daughter is missing or something? Yeah. Like his that? daughter is missing and it's like told through like, like with social media is kind of okay, like a, yeah. a gimmick throughout it, but it's done really well. Um, but yeah, I think his this his performance in this movie was was what really stood out for me. Yeah. Um he's very good. He's you know really isolated and I guess we'll talk a, a lot about 
the characters of the like i guess how the characters are portrayed through the i guess like the reason to your point olivia why this movie looks like a one perfect shot uh like scrolling through twitter basically mm-hmm. um is because they both are looking at this really kind of this unusual mecca of modern architecture mm-hmm. um and this in uh, columbus indiana is like forty five thousand people it's like it's pretty small it's not very big um and yet it has all this really interesting architecture but um i just i really love how the more you analyze and pick apart the story of casey and jen you realize that they kind of they need each other in different ways that kind of reveal themselves toward the end of the story but also the first shot of the movie is like this the gorgeous house where jen's father who is like a professor of architecture um you know where it's like this this house this famous house in indiana or in columbus and you the it's the movie is showing you these unusual beautiful places that are so so far out and like we we don't interact with places like those like that very often but right before the title comes up um the professor's assistant or the professor's jen's father uh the professor's assistant is on the phone and he wanders off and then she like turns, sees something and drops all her stuff and runs toward him in the rain and he's fallen over. And so that's how the movie starts. Then the, the title comes up. And so it's like this immediate shot of this gorgeous place for humans to interact. And yet, and you see in the movie, people come through tours on in, in that space all the time. So it's this gorgeous place and then it's a character who falls ill and is is near death and that precipitates the arrival of jin to like be with his father in his final hours and from there you jump into jin's cynicism and casey's also cynicism but mm-hmm. kind of reluctant optimism for her life that eventually gives jin his own sense of hope so that that's that's basically it for if you haven't seen this movie, if you're listening to this and haven't seen Columbus, it's uh, Casey is a student who is, I think, one year out of high school. She, yeah, she's I don't think she's in college. I think she's like a year out of high school um, at this point. It, but she was very much it, sound, it seems like she was a very good student and everyone just kind of expected her to go to school and she didn't. And that, like you, you learn, it's because she wanted to stay and take care of her mom, who ha- is a recovering addict. And you know, if you know anything about addiction and how that affects people, uh, it's it's really hard to to watch people deal with that. And so you can see the the trauma she's experienced from that. Yeah. And there's a scene where she, so Casey works at the library mm-hmm. in the city, and there's a scene where this girl she knew in high school sees her at the library and they start talking and she gets kind of uncomfortable because this girl says like, uh, you know, we're at, we're at the college. Um, I just finished freshman year or whatever. We went to Amsterdam or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she said, you should, you should go to school. It's like, you know, you can't keep putting it off and that kind of thing. She just gets more and more uncomfortable. And Gabe uh, played by which, which Colkin brother, Rory. Rory Culkin. Who uh, is in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Who does he play in Scott Pilgrim? 
He plays Wallace. Rory Culkin does? Is yes. Really? I did not Isn't know. Isn't it that. Rory? I think it's a different Culkin brother. Are you sure? I'm almost positive. I'm, I don't know one way or another. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Doesn't the Culkin brother Stein. and. Yes, it's the other. It's Kieran. Kieran Culkin. Yeah, Kieran I knew Culkin. it was a, I'm I gonna, it was a K. I'm going to go. No, you already forever. went. Real, real Here, quick. Here's the deal, guys. I've been up since four. You've been. I know you should have slept. So earlier today, Olivia and I recorded uh, another episode of this podcast for Falcon and Winter Soldier. And uh, I thought you were going to go sleep afterwards, but you chose not to. I went on a run instead. Yep. If you fall asleep, we'll just, uh, you know, we'll just add in things for you. Okay. In this episode. Yeah. Just, I, I would love to hear y'all's impression of my voice. Yes. Um, also, when we were recording that episode, just so everyone knows, um because i didn't tell isaac this but when we were recording the episode of falcon and winter soldier the the power went out in my house or like the um wi-fi went out and it went out like two or three times and i had no idea why i found out later that when my dad was trying to power wash the back patio um it something's wrong with the power washer i guess and it like broke a fuse oh no and so it happened like a couple of times and that's that's why the the power went out and that's or the wi-fi went out and that's why in that uh, episode there's some like weird awkwardness and i'm sure isaac handles it like a champ sure <laughs> uh, i don't know i wouldn't go that far but we'll see oh okay all right okay cool 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 cool, cool. we'll see uh, it's a we'll see i, I like isaac I, I like how you mentioned that scene of them in the library with that mm-hmm. that girl that comes up to them and and mm-hmm. t- and talks to uh to Casey about like her trip to Amsterdam. Is that where they yeah. where she went? Yeah, something like I'm that. I'm like that just reminds me of like conversations that we have in real life. Like oh yeah, mm-hmm. like people yeah. just coming up to you and just bragging about their adventures and stuff. And they're like one year into college. I'm like wow, uh, that's how it is, huh? Yeah, it, it's kind of like. It's like conversation you have with someone who goes studies abroad for like maybe a semester at the. This is this is a white. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and it's like I'm so cultured now. Barcelona, it's not Barcelona. It's Barcelona. All right, calm down, chill (laughs) out. You spent two weeks there. I'm gonna punch you in the face for. Yeah, uh, um, it's like you can't even say any other Spanish words. Beat besides right, you know. (laughs) Yeah, so calm down. Pronounce them correctly. um and that scene that scene is is poignant for for several reasons one because that's that's you don't know yet why casey hasn't gone to college Mm -hmm. you get the sense that she's very intelligent and motivated but also somewhat like somber about life and you don't know why yet and that that scene kind of deepens um and kind of draws you in further um but also the the girl also says i can't imagine staying here Mm-hmm. And Casey just says, like, I like Columbus. I like mm-hmm. it here, which is some something. Sometimes it's good to leave home. And sometimes there's nothing wrong with staying um, because like home is home and home is right. if home is special to you, then then you shouldn't be forced to leave. You shouldn't you shouldn't feel like you have to leave, which is something that makes the end so powerful because spoilers, Casey does leave because she knows she knows that she has to and that she um, will grow um, to to something and she isn't bound by her father her her mother and uh, feels eventually feels like she can leave so you said something uh, 
so true there. I feel like living in Arkansas, we get that a lot. Mm-hmm. When people ask us, like, why are you living in Arkansas? I'm like, uh, probably I like it here. Um, there's, I mean, it's just as simple as that. Um, so that conversation, the whole scene in the library was very relatable. And that, like that scene has played out, played out many a times in real life um, for me. So, um, yeah, that, that was a really good scene. And there, there are a lot of scenes throughout the movie. The other one that I really enjoyed was, and I'm sure we're going to get to that. And I'm sorry for jumping the gun, but the scene where no, go uh, for it. Casey and Jen are, I think it's the second scene. No, third scene there together, maybe when they, when uh, Casey's like showing Jen all of her, all the different buildings and Casey goes up to one of the buildings. She like, I think she likes, I think it's her second or third favorite building. And mm-hmm. she gives like the tourist tourist guide spiel about the building. And Jen's like, no, tell me why you really like the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, and she go, and she definition. starts restating the facts yeah. that she had just yeah. told him. And he said, no, 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 no. What, why do you like it? Right. What, what moves you about this building? And this, this was really special for me to, to realize the second time watching it, but there had been no music until the moment that she, the cameras on the other side of the glass of the modernist bank. Mm-hmm. And she starts sharing and it cuts to Jin and it cuts back and forth from them. But the music starts for the first time at that moment. Up until that, unless I'm mistaken, there isn't any music until yeah. that scene when she starts. And she's kind of like smiling softly, processing what she's saying. And you don't know what she's saying. You're kind of having to imagine it. But it's a really special scene because it's this space where you see her happy and Jin, who is pretty kind of prickly at first to her because mm-hmm. i mean he's in a he's having a hard time you know with his dad and also wrestling with the the lack of relationship that he had with his dad but in that moment Jin's cynicism you see it start to melt and like the the chemistry between Haley lou richardson and john cho is so powerful and potent in that scene i absolutely love it it, it reminds me of like when people give reviews of movies and they just like barf out all these facts and try to talk like <laughs> a movie critic. I'm like, no, talk like a normal human being, please. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that scene a lot. Yeah. Probably my favorite scene in the movie. Um, this, so I'm going to, I'm going to take us into a little bit of somewhat, somewhat hazy territory. So stay with me. Um, and part of it is uh, Koganada's background and part of but, but it, it is also, immediately important to uh, even appreciating this movie more. So Koganata started as a, he started making film essays and he was really inspired by, um, I really hope I don't butcher this. And if Eric, if I'm wrong here and how I pronounce this, just jump in, let me know. Uh, Yasuhiro Ozu, um, who was, a director and he made a film called early summer that really impacted and inspired Koganata in creating this movie. Um, but in an interview with no film school, Koganata, I'm going to find it real quick. He, they were asking him basically what changed, what had to change because he was right. He also has a PhD in, um, in film theory, I believe. And so he has this like kind of natural bent towards being a film critic and, and kind of analyzing the things that you see in movies. And she, the, or the, uh, no film schools, their, their interviewer 
asked him or said at Q at the film's Q and A at Sundance, you said this conversation of cinema altered me at an important part of my life. And Koganata said, the details are somewhat personal, but I can speak about it broadly. The conversation of cinema for me beyond the technical and historical aspects is a conversation of time, existence, and humanity. It's deeply philosophical, but in a way that is fleshed out and materialized. Philosophy is a kind of temporal experience, which is very much like how this movie feels because Casey and Jen are talking about death and like res- like kind of this unspoken responsibility to care for the people in your life. Um, So he goes on and says, I've always struggled a bit existentially in regard to meaning, meaning, which can be somewhat amplified when you're younger. Um, When I was younger, during a dark period, I encountered a form of cinema that moved me and began to engage the ongoing conversation. um, And it gave me space to breathe, to think, to question, and it changed me. so he and then he goes on to talk about how like film film theory um should be part of like the critique process and that critics can basically enjoy or can basically see into a movie by understanding film theory and that's why a lot of film critics come from film schools now um so and i'm gonna share just one more point and then i want to get y'all's reactions do you, do you guys remember when uh, Gabe and Casey are in the library and Gabe's on that rant about uh, the thing he read about attention span and interest? Yes. So, and I'll, I wrote that down, or his quote, he said, or kind of paraphrasing it, it's a matter of interest, not attention. The The guy that he was talking about, he said, it's a critique of a critique, the crisis of interest, not attention. Like why a, a young boy who plays video games is kind of like mocked by his father who has never played video games before. But the, the whole point that is that watching a two-hour movie for that boy would be boring, whereas the dad would love it because that's what he's interested in. And so Gabe says, are we losing interest in things that matter? It's kind of like the deeper the deeper meaning and the deeper question he's and he asked about everyday life um so i give you all that all that hazy and kind of like deeply philosophical and um existential information to to ask what movie has moved you to think about like yourself in existence the most and oh. and typically for people in flyover country Movies aren't that. I think that's important to just mm-hmm. kind of state up front. Uh, Columbus was one of those, one of the first movies for me that made me think about myself outside of my own perception and understanding. Um, and it does have that power as as cinema, I would say. So I wanted to pose that question, you guys, because uh, we've talked about film consciousness before, mm-hmm. and I I think that film does have that power to to move you and this this movie does move me in that way oh man i don't i I feel like there's a lot but i don't know i don't know where to even begin um i feel like it's less for me it's movies that move me are less about like making me necessarily think outside of myself but maybe reflecting more on myself 
So like, um, like a movie I watched, and I've talked about this movie before, a movie I watched in grad school was Short Term 12. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that is about someone who's working in the mental health field. Now, not a therapist, but dealing with very, very much some of the same stuff that I see in clients or have seen in clients. And and it really made me think about what it means to to be in the mental health field, but also to take care of myself, like what that that means and what boundaries mean. Um, another movie that made me really like think about about myself, and, and honestly, it's probably one of the first times I I felt like <laughs> this sounds lame, but it felt seen in a movie was um, Eighth Grade, because mm-hmm. I very much identified with um, with the main character of Eighth Grade, and, and it was something that I was like, oh, okay, so there are, they can make movies about. Um, you know, character like people like that who aren't super popular or feel like they're on the outskirts or this or that. And so that those movies, those movies like that have made me really think about like I, I leave those movies in a lot of like self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say Columbus is one of those movies for me as well. Cause I, I think that um what did I write? I wrote something down. Okay, so there's a, that scene where she's having that conversation with the lady at the hotel. Uh, she leaves Jen's room and there, there's a lady who I guess worked with her mom at one point who's like, Casey, tell me about your life. Like, what's going on? And Casey's just wanting to get out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but like there have been multiple points in my life, especially in the past couple of years, where people just ask me questions and I'm just like, like, due to my own like insecurities or feelings of like shame or whatever, I just do not want to be in that conversation. So I'm trying so hard to get out of it. And, and I like, I could feel exactly what Casey was feeling in that moment of like, I don't want to talk about why I'm not in school. I don't want to talk about like why these things are going on. I don't want to talk about my mom. Like I, I understood that, that feeling and how she was just trying to avoid that. Um, and so Columbus, I think is one of those movies for me as well. Yeah. Did I answer your question? I feel like I ranted. Absolutely. And I, and I wanted to give you the, the, the space to answer because part, part of my motivation for that really long, uh, dialogue or monologue rather that, that I led with is because, you know, I, I think that it's important for people to know that movies are meaningful Mm -hmm. like in that they are entertainment but i was sub i was kind of taught without being explicitly told that movies were just entertainment um and i want to raise my kids to understand that you will be you you can be moved and you should be moved by things that you see in movies and sometimes you watch a movie strictly for entertainment and escapism which is equally as powerful um so that's that's kind of that's a conversation we haven't had on this podcast before that i um wanted to kind of present and eric i didn't know if you had any thoughts you wanted to share no that was uh really insightful olivia uh, i'm glad you were able to answer that <laughs> before me because i was i was still <laughs> thinking my brain runs a little bit slower um i think for me i have two that i i'm able to just think of off the top of my head but one is one Isaac, you kind of kind of led into it is a movie that my dad 
kind of raised up, uh, raised me on was is Rocky. Um, he's he told me when like I first watched that movie, he's like, "This is this is the kind of person you want to be." Is is like Sylvester Stallone, Rocky. You want to be mm-hmm. someone that's hardworking, uh, doesn't take anything for granted, um, cares about all of his friends and family, and that that's that's a lot of those character traits are like character traits I've I try to carry um, throughout mm-hmm. throughout all of my life. So Rocky is a very important movie to me. Um, and, and the character of Rocky uh, specifically. Then another one is uh, is Minari recently. That was the one kind of more where I just realized like this story of, of the characters of Minari, this is like real life for, for me, my family, and a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my parents, they literally gave up everything they had to move over to the U.S. to give us a chance to have a good childhood. So like that, that whole story, the whole immigrant experience, um, specifically about Minari, um, that was, that was like really heavy stuff for me and made me realize like, wow, my parents did so much for me. And I always realized that before, but like seeing that all play out on the big screen, it was, it was something else. So I think Rocky and Minari are my two choices. Yeah, for sure. Um, dovetailing with, with those responses where, and this this will be, I guess, cool because both you guys are from Fort Smith. Um, where, like, in your childhood and or in Fort Smith specifically, were like meaningful interactions that were not? Uh, y'all went to Southside, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. That were like not school. They're like, oh, I had good memories here. Or for me, it was on the meaningful. It was, it was on the golf course. Like, uh, I like all my best friends growing up. We all played like. All my closest friends, we were on the golf team together and grew up playing golf together. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of fond memories on the golf course. Just stupid crap we did all the time. And yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not going to go into those shenanigans, but it's, for me, it was on the golf course. It's very nostalgic for me. What about oh, you, Olivia? In uh, Fort Smith specifically, um, something that I have thought about a lot recently actually is how in the summers we would often go to the football field which i don't know if we were technically allowed to do but we sure did it anyway and we would play like ultimate frisbee we just get whoever who whoever could come um and play ultimate frisbee eric did you ever come to those it was like i did i wasn't big ultimate because i i have don't have any stamp running stamina at all so I oh it's okay i uh was on the basketball team and had no <laughs> running stamina so same um, but that was that's something i think about a lot and then um we would often go to like one of the local parks and play tennis uh in the summer and so that was something even though i'm terrible at tennis and i I still don't know the rules but um there's also like specific like people's homes that really are significant to me um and so th- those places meant a lot and still mean a lot to me um and it's kind of sad that some of my friends like their parents have like moved and stuff and so yeah. they don't live in those houses anymore um so i can't we can't like go back to yeah. to that house so that's a good one um like i would whenever i have friends or or people in town i i drive them by like the very first house we my parents lived in is like this old rundown house, but it was like the first house they ever bought with with the money they had when they came over to the United States, and that was that was like really important. I mean, we lived there until I was like in seventh or eighth grade. It's cool, and that was like a huge milestone for us. Was moving out of that for my parents was moving out of that house and getting to a bigger house for us. So that that was that that little house is really important important to me. So do you have any Isaac? There were 
I spent a ton of time in West Little Rock, which is not very interesting from an architecture standpoint. Uh, but there, you know, this and this may be cheating because I didn't present it to you guys, but the the courtyard and outdoor amphitheater in front of the student center at UCA, mm-hmm. um, and that and basically that whole area between McCaslin and Irby um, is the that whole section of UCA's campus is always going to be extremely meaningful to me because um, I was walking. I, I would just, I mean, we all spent so much time walking around UCA's <laughs> campus, but I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of cool. It's cool and sad and sweet to think about walking up and down those, those side paths and trying to like mentally think through what's the fastest way to get from here to here <laughs> and, you know, and all that. But all the while we were all like, learning so much and there were so many like new pathways forming in our brains um and in my brain like what i was learning about myself and about my um you know what i learned in classes that i'm like using in my job now and i'm sure that's the same for you guys too um but so that in college that's that's what i would say but in little rock I mean, probably just like our neighborhood. I just, I would just go down to our park all the time. And there was like this power line easement that I would always ride my bike through to get down to the park. Um, so it's like cool, cool area. But I wanted to ask about that, like ask about that because the places in, I mean, you watch this movie and like when the, the first place that she takes him to is a, it's not a bank. It, it, I think it's a bank, actually, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's like one of the first like modern banks. Yep. And there's like a kind of like a soft teal fluorescent lighting um, from from the overhang of the drive-through, and then you go to one of the first. Oh, oh wait, are you are is are you talking? Is that the bank you were talking about, or were you talking uh, about the glass one? The glass one. Yeah. You remember when they're sitting? Uh, Yes, that's a, like a yeah. Whenever she goes and picks him up, and he's like, it's a, it's "She late. said it's in a strip mall." Yeah, it's like in a strip mall or something. I don't remember what the actual building was, but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, and they have that conversation where she's being super defensive, like not super defensive, but very much defensive about like whether or not her mom was ever on meth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is that the scene you're talking about. Yes, that's the scene yeah. I'm talking about. Um, and she's so she's so good in. In in the movie in general, but in that scene, she's just like absolutely slaying it. And yeah, because John Cho's like he's been acting for a long time, and I think she was she was really young whenever they filmed this. She had just finished filming um, Edge of Seventeen and Split, and Koganata wanted her because he saw Edge of Seventeen, and rightly so. I haven't, I haven't I mean, seen that, but I love <sighs> the Stevie Nicks song by or Edge yes. of Seventeen by Stevie Nicks. Is is that in the movie? I, don't know. I honestly don't even remember. <laughs> I is that like a Stevie has- Nicks solo song? Yes. yes. Okay. It's, it's a banger. Nice. Um, the first time I ever heard that song was in School of Rock. Oh, that is. We yeah, need to School do of School Rock, of Rock. So we need good. to follow up Dazed and Confused. Oh, uh, School of Rock. Yeah. Linklater is just so many good movie. flyover movies. I was so surprised when I found out that School of Rock was Linklater. I was like, yeah. Wait, it's- he did this and then Dazed and Confused and then before. The before trip, I was like, "What in the world?" So anyway, he's got a great sense of humor. But yeah, Haley Richardson. She, I think this is the first movie I've ever seen her in, and really, I was like, "Wow!" She she has like screen presence that is like really subtle, but um, 
she was she was killing it in all the scenes she was in and she was going like bar for bar with john cho because mm-hmm. john cho was was like chewing up all the scenes he was into but Haley richardson she was she was she played the character of casey really well showing the conflict that she had with herself and mm-hmm. and uh what she was going through with her mother and her life so i really enjoyed her performance a lot too yeah and when she just starts crying and then just says I don't really want to talk about it. It's like really. Uh, really I was great. like, you definitely want to talk about it, Casey. Just talk about it. You're like, you can talk about it with me, Casey. You can just go to therapy, Casey. I'll be your it's friend. Okay. Um, and I love that I made a note of this, but I don't know if y'all are gonna remember it. But she's gesturing to the the fluorescent area of the of of. I, I think it's like a. I think it's like a it's strip a, mall or something. It's a strip mall, but it's some kind of overhang for you to drive through. So it's either like a Walgreens type pharmacy or a bank. And I'm, I, I don't remember. I feel like I wrote it down, but I can't find it. But she gestures to it with the cigarette in her hand. And it's just a really, really cool way that Koganata like shot that frame with mm-hmm. her just gesturing like this across the screen with the cigarette smoking so. or she's doing the the yeah. square like the tr- the rectangle i had to think of sc- mm-hmm. scrapes uh, again i've been up octagon it was an octagon. It's a stop sign oh okay I'm no yes that. but that's that's the one i'm talking about it's just like okay yeah, 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 yeah. there's so much stillness and the 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 background and the foreground is kind of the same thing and you just feel like you are there and when you don't feel like you're there you feel like you're seeing everything that they're seeing like and then they go they go to the church and the shot of them in front of the church looks looks fake like that's how beautiful this movie is do you know what i'm talking about like yeah we're in the they're in the wood they're like there's some trees but then in the background you see the low the low pitch of the roof and the building itself is kind of squat, but then the spire is like 70 or 100 feet tall, just like shooting up out of the earth. And they're, they're you know, 200 yards away from it. And it's just, it looks fake. It's so beautiful. But like all of that's really there. It's uh, just really incredible to think about and to watch. I feel like I could watch this once a week and I wouldn't get tired of it. Yeah, I think uh, Olivia mentioned this before, but yeah, the, the, photog- the cinematography in this movie, like you could f- like freeze it or pause it like every second and it could be like like a picture perfect photo um remind there's only like this like one this is like only the second or third movie i've seen where it's like that and it reminds me of a mad max fairy road like you just pause it and it's just yes. the, the, a perfect frame yes it could be, you know, it could be a picture it's an Would unusual you- comparison but yes <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> A lot, a lot louder, often. a lot louder movie. Yeah. I wonder how often those movies are ever like. <laughs> but I think that that's a good point. Like, I think that this the cinematography is is just beautiful, and I think that just highlights how incredibly difficult it is to have just solid cinematography from start to finish. Mm-hmm. So, what about Parker Posey in this movie? I, I was just I about complete, yeah. I, I was about to make that connection. Showed up between this and uh dazed and confused yeah she was she had a nice little role in the movie she I, plays I eleanor eleanor's you know she had a lot or uh Jin had feelings for her and then he tries to make a move on her and she shuts him down ouch that, that was honestly pretty sad i was like man like yeah, yeah this dude can't catch a break married, though yeah that was uh, yeah kind of forgot about that 
Yeah, there's uh, a, there's a lot there's a lot going on. In this there movie. there yeah, are a lot of layers. <laughs> yes, a lot of layers. Um, hey. The first time that I watched this movie, I thought that Jin and Casey slept together, but then I did then, too. But then I realized just from in that that whole scene where there she picks him up, they're gonna go to a party. He falls asleep. She goes to their high school or her high school. Starts dancing in the parking lot. And then he wakes up and turns the radio off and it's like, what are we doing? She said, this is our high school. And he said, I thought we're going to a party. She says, I didn't want to. I came here instead. This is where I graduated. Then they go in and they go into the gym and then it just cuts. Mm -hmm. And she she's in his bed, but he's sleeping in the chair in his B&B. That whole, the, I still don't really know how to interpret that whole scene but i i don't think they slept together i don't think i was definitely anyway yeah i think i was definitely going down my my thought process like huh what is going on here what is going to happen um the movie could have unfolded a thousand different ways and i'm glad mm -hmm. it went the way that it did um what do you think happened at the high school i feel like they just walked around and talked and then yeah got tired and I don't know. I don't know. And it, I don't know what that's yeah, that scene is the most mysterious to me. I I don't want them to sleep together. And yeah, I don't I think I don't think they did. And I don't think the I movie suggests that they did, but I think that that's how I in a minute fair because you see a young woman and a man in a bed in a room together. I think it's it's easy to us for us to be like, oh, did they slept together? Yeah. But typically, when even if it doesn't show the sex scene, typically there's like someone is not wearing clothes. Exactly, and both of them and were both wearing of them were clothes. clothes. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like they both just passed out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I liked how we have picked two movies back to back with Parker Posey in them. In them, so I will be breaking that streak. Sorry, guys. Ooh. You're not picking like best uh -oh. in show or something like that. No, this has become the two for th two for three. Uh, Parker Posey. She is incredible. Though. I really enjoy her as an actress. What are outside of Days and Confused? What are her bigger, bigger roles? She's in a, a fun little movie called Best in Show. It's like a mockumentary about dog shows. Um, it has uh, Eugene Levy and uh, what's her face? Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, she's a really solid yeah. cast. She's also in Parks and Rec. She is. I forgot. I about completely that. forget what character she plays in that. Does she, she play from like the it. like the soda or candy plate? She. <laughs> she plays like, like no. It's like she plays one of the snotty like Eagleton people. Oh, that's right. Like one yeah. of the city counselors from Eagleton. Yeah, she's in yes. that. Um and and Leslie keeps talking about how beautiful she is the whole time. Yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else she's in, but she's, really she's in Superman Returns. Oh, Whoa. is she Lois? She plays Kitty oh. Kowalski. So, uh, which did have someone who was actually in Scott Pilgrim versus the World in it because it had Brandon Ralph in it. Mm -hmm. So made that connection correctly this time. I don't know um, the word. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> Uh, she was in Laws of Attraction. She was in Blade Trinity. Uh, Josie and the Putty Pussycats. Putty Cats. <laughs> <laughs> she was in Scream 3 as well. I feel like she would have been someone who was in Scream 1. I know, but obviously she wasn't. But like, right. you know, just typecasting. I'm like, oh yeah, she would have uh, been. Yeah. I don't think she was quite as uh, mainstream at that point. Had, had Days and Confused come out maybe in the 80s, she probably would have been in Scream. 
Olivia, yes. were, did you watch Scream with me and Kelsey Pope in our rotation group? Freshman no. year? That was like one of our best rotation groups. Kelsey watched- always had. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you're good. Um, Kelsey sure. always had the best rotation groups. But the first one that we did, we watched Scream. And that was one of those, like, I'd never seen it before. And I was like, mm-hmm. this movie is awesome. It's, like, hilarious, but also really, really scary and mm-hmm. really surprising. Uh, We watched Emperor's New Groove in one of her rotation groups. I love that movie. Which was fantastic. The so. movie never gets old. It's it's so good. There's It's so funny. It's really timeless. It timeless really movies. is. And it's got a lot of heart in it. Oh, it's just so good. Anyway. Yep. Uh so yeah, so that's Parker Posey. What's what's y'all's favorite John Show movie? I this might I be it. I so I have not seen Harold I, and I, Kumar. I haven't either. Oh, those are uh, those are another movie uh, set of movies I was raised raised up on. He's gonna uh, be in the Cowboy Bebop show. Yeah, he plays Spike. Yes, I forgot about He's that. Playing the main oh. character Spike. Forgot that's coming. Should. I hope that it breaks the series of like bad, bad live adaptations. Yes. I hope it does too. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of potential, but I'm not getting my hopes up. Eric, That's on fair. that on that note, did you? So we do have a live action Mortal Kombat movie coming soon. That's gonna be awesome. Um, have you seen the old one? Because I, Shea Serrano said yes. on a podcast that that's the best anime adaptation yeah i think it's i think it is uh it's been a while since i've seen it and i need to rewatch it before the new one comes out but yes i think it is a probably the most well done adaptation of something like that of a video game property um but yes this new one that's coming out looks so good like if you've seen the trailer like there's literally a scene where he takes he siphons blood out of somebody turns into a a dagger and stabs him with it and it's it's insane <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited that's sub-zero that's yeah yeah i am sub-zero eric what is your favorite john show movie i'm probably gonna go with the harold kumar movies <laughs> they are Classic. so good harold and kumar go if you don't gotta watch all of them harold and kumar go to white castle that's actually a legitimately good comedy movie nice um, uh i'm looking through his imdb one? yep it's the first one okay. okay nice i'm looking through his imdb list uh and I forgot he was in this movie called Big Fat Liar, which came out several years ago. Came out in 02. And it has Frankie <laughs> Muniz in it. That's just the dated one with the blue with the yes, yes. Yes. Yep, that's the one. It has Frankie Muniz in it. Uh, Amanda Vines, classic. So, I mean. Tobias Finke, he, right? No, that's. Uh, it. It's very much similar to that, but it has uh, Paul Giamatti in it. Oh, and different. He, yeah, similar. that's Arrested Development. Yes, but, but uh, Tobias Fuke does, does bl- blew himself. Yeah, yes. I just blew myself. Uh, Tobias, yeah. you blow hard. <laughs> Rest in peace, Jessica Walters. Oh yeah, I was so she sad. was so great. Yeah, probably one of like the funniest all time funniest uh, television actresses ever. Yeah, sure. that was redundant, but she deserves it. I said, I said all time ever. <laughs> All time um, ever. I yeah. mean, yeah, we both yeah. y'all. I was like, I need to explain myself. Um, You're good. Also, John John shows really good as um, what's his Zulu. face in Star Trek Zulu. Yeah, yeah, he's good. that was probably yeah, the John first Ch- movie I ever saw with him in it. Yeah, it was it was weird watching uh, this because I associate John Cho as a pothead and Harold and Kumar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people do. He's he is awesome though. I I love him as an actor. Um, I think um, 
I think my favorite, one of my favorite moments with him is the first is when he and Eleanor are eating out at mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie and just talking about his dad and she gets emotional and says, I owe him so much. And you can tell like how distraught it makes him feel to hear someone talk about how much his dad meant to them because his dad was like not involved in his life at all. And he's just acting the hell out of that scene in with so much nuance. Um, and the way that scene is shot, like Koganata blocked it to where you barely see his face. I don't know if you noticed that because, because he's a, uh, just kind of ashamed and he's like not turning to the camera really yes i do know what scene you're talking about and it's very subtle but i think that you can really tell like even before because at this point you don't really know anything about his relationship with his dad right and so you can uh, you immediately pick up on that of like okay there there's some pretty harsh dynamics going on here um things are not super great with his dad Yeah. yeah as far as their relationship is concerned Absolutely. This is a beautiful movie about kind of architecture and peace and, you know, turmoil, caring for parents and relationships. And it's not very popular. So if you're listening to this and you, um, if anything in this conversation has grabbed your attention, I really encourage you to go check this out. Um, It's a really important movie to me. And uh, so, yeah, guys, thanks for letting me choose this little niche movie for Flyover Essential Viewing. And uh, we will be discussing olivia's pick next which is gonna be really really fun do you guys want to know what my next pick is yeah or my first pick all right so for my flyover central pick i'm gonna go with juno all right classic seven have you guys both seen it yes not since 2014 okay all right it's one of my favorite movies of all time um so i'm very excited to talk about it talk about why I picked it. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing what y'all's thoughts are um, about that movie. So I'm excited to revisit I'm excited it. as well. And thanks Isaac for picking this one. Um, yeah. I hadn't heard of this movie before and I'm really glad I was able to watch it and talk about it with y'all. So. Yeah. Columbus awesome. is a great movie. I highly suggest everyone go watch it. Yep. Please so. remember to rate, review, subscribe, and let us know what you think. Uh, we'll put some feelers out on social media to see um see how many of y'all would be interested in watching this movie and having an instagram instagram live maybe about it since it's so obscure and unknown or not obscure but just not as well known as some of our other things we've covered this is probably the least well-known thing we've ever covered so i'm excited to mm-hmm. to talk to some people who watch it for the first time so yeah i'm isaac signing off from arkansas i'm olivia signing off from oklahoma and i'm eric signing off from arkansas We will see you later. We're going to go watch March Madness. Bye.